You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Halt and Catch Fire After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Halt and Catch Fire After Show. Hey there, Halt and Catch Fire fans. What's going on? You're here at AfterBuzz TV talking about Season 1, Episode 1, the series premiere, I.O. I'm Matt Lieberman. Joining me all season long, we got Yell Teagle on the panel. Hello, everybody. Isaac Johnson is here. Hello, everybody. And our special guest, Jesse Klein. Hey, what's up? Yeah, uh, Jesse's going to be joining us for the first few weeks. We're glad to have you. Guys, I love this show so much. What an amazing pilot. I've, I've wanted to do this after show since the show was announced. I love the world of uh, 80s computing. Uh, before we get started, though, I just want to talk really quickly about our founder, Maria Menunos, uh, who has just put out a brand new book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness. It's a fantastic book. Uh, if you're interested in learning how Maria lost 40 pounds and kept it off, there's a lot of great uh, recipes and exercises in here, a lot of wonderful knowledge. It is available today today being tuesday june 3rd on amazon and in stores everywhere so uh you know if you want to support after buzz or if you want to learn how to lose some weight pick up the book all of the uh you know anything that supports maria supports us it helps keep our doors open keep our lights on so help us out and help yourself out with a wonderful book even if you're a man right even if, yeah. yeah yeah the every girl's guide to diet and fitness can support a man's diet and or fitness yes, yes. fitness is universal fitness is universal um so with that out of the way gang what did you think of this pilot i was is so absorbed and i love all these characters I have been looking forward to this show like you have since it was announced. Lee Pace, oh, back on my television. Yay! <laughs> mm-hmm. Pushing daisies, yeah. 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 The pie maker is now very different. Mm-hmm. And I like it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Dark Pie Maker is mm-hmm. dope. He's killing armadillos instead of people, <laughs> but he's like way more menacing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to start by talking about uh, Joe and Cameron and this whole interaction at the top of the show. So we open uh, with this armadillo crossing the road and, you know, Joe's por- uh, Porsche or is Ferrari, it a Ferrari? No, I think it's a Porsche. It's a Porsche. Yeah. yeah. Slams right into it. And, you know, we could talk all day about potential symbolism of this thing. Is Let's it, do. you know, is it, uh, he's on, on the fast track, everyone else is moving in one way, and he's gonna slam right through them. Uh, what do you think? Well, I, th- I think it, uh, the armadillo kinda represents the company that he goes to in Texas, mm-hmm. and it's him smashing it up. Yeah. And like changing things up. It's going so slow, he's, he's a million miles faster. Yeah. I think more than anything, though, beyond symbolism, that whole moment is just about the look on his face when he sees it. He's not concerned. He doesn't care. He is j- only worried about getting what he wants as soon as he can. And uh, there's just this emptiness that's so captivating. So he goes to speak at this college uh, where all these young programmers, they're gung-ho, they want to enter the business. And uh, out of the back... Cameron, uh, Cameron Howe, our, our, our female protagonist, yes. uh, enters the room 
And, uh, you know, he's listing off all these different areas of programming. And one by one, these people lower their, hand, their hands until it's uh, just Cameron and this one unlucky, you know, <laughs> unlucky dude. And he, he asks, what's going to be true of computers 10 years from now? And this guy starts talking about computers like they're going to act more like brains with neurons. It's like, no, no, no. You you stay put, buddy. You, yeah, I think he's seeing more of like the Back to the Future future somehow. Like, right. oh, everything's going to be so fantastic and wonderful, and they're this, going to think for us and maybe take over the world through Skynet or something. Like that. Right. <laughs> this like pie in the sky optimism that has no place in in his business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just not very business savvy. The yeah. answer. It it might actually happen, but he doesn't really care about it. Right. I mean, I think Joe is definitely he's definitely a visionary. He definitely has an idea of what he wants to see happen. How he wants to make it happen, uh, you know, regardless of who he has to go through to do it. But at the same time, I, I wouldn't necessarily call him an idealist. I'd say he's very pragmatic. Um, he, yeah. He's very, very aware of the potential of computing and of its limitations. Yeah, I really like that she calls him out on, like, his techno speak or whatever, mm-hmm. just to kind of test him with the uh, the VLSI sort of thing. Yeah. It was it was dope and it catches his attention. Um and you know, she says computers are going to be connected in ten years by, you know, uh, a single network. And he says phone line, she's like, obviously yeah, phone lines. <laughs> yeah. And we all chuckle at home because she we know him, what's coming. She yeah. threw him a little stank back there, obviously. Yeah. And in a moment his interest in everything else in him is peaked. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah. maybe a little bit. Maybe another scene's gonna tell us what happened. Yeah. Um Do you think do you think Al Gore was in that classroom? <laughs> And it's in Texas, and it's possible. It's the and that was the moment yeah. Al Gore decided to, to invent the internet. Invent the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that kid asking the question was Al Gore. Oh man, possible. possible. We didn't learn his name. We didn't. The more you know. Yeah, could have been the armadillo. The armadillo could have been Al Gore. It's possible. Yeah, yeah, he overheard her, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm gonna make that happen." Lockbox. <laughs> is that an Al Gore? So outdated. Is that an Al Gore? It was like... a thrown on Al Gore. It's not even worth mentioning. Halfway yeah, through, not... decided the Al Gore. To... <laughs> Halfway through the bit. Yes, yeah. I appreciate the lockbox reference. Thank, yeah, you. thank you. It's so outdated. I could cry. Um, in any case, uh, he he follows Cameron to this bar, her haunt, where she goes to play centipede and drink beer and hate everything because she's edgy. Yeah, she's edgy. Like she's that. super edgy. She's really edgy. She's, She's got a boy cut and everything. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's boss on that centipede, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the <laughs> trick coin. Oh, yeah. And it's awesome. Every, everyone at home is like, yes. Did, the, did the trick coin ever work, or is that just a thing that you see on TV and movies? I assume that it worked back then. Yeah, I feel like people did that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I never tried it growing up. I have no knowledge whatsoever if it works or not. Because logistically, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, I mean, every time a coin is dropped through a coin slot, there's a sensor that that senses how large the coin is, okay. and uh, that's how much it it attributes in the machine. So, if it passes through the sensor and it sees that there's a quarter, if you pull it back out, it should it should still read that a quarter quarter went through. It doesn't. It didn't go both ways originally. Yeah, sure. they didn't think that it would have to. Yeah. Um. So, in any case, he uh, he starts talking to her. Uh, about her future and about what what he's doing and she's just kind of like just stop selling me man mr ibm what do i care you know you're you're the man 
basically. What do I give? I don't give, you know, a rat's behind about the man. Because right. she's edgy. Because she's yeah. edgy. She's a rebel. She wears an army jacket. Yeah, she listens to The Clash, guys. Yeah. 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 Um, of course, then he drops the bomb on her. Yeah. I don't work for IBM. Yeah. And apparently, this is such a massive turn-on. Oh, it is. Yeah. That uh, <laughs> yeah. She, uh, she takes him to the back room, and uh, they totally bang. Uh, well, that's what happens. Uh, yeah. They... They make out. They start they to bang. They begin banging. It's it's it's. They a, don't totally bang. Right. They half bang. Also, the first, not even. It's more of like a sixteenth bang. Right. Also, Truly. The first time anyone's ever gotten laid in an arcade. Like, Entirely possible. Yeah, it was 1983. Yeah. It was still early on in the uh, in the development there. Yeah. Um, but you know he ruins this moment by saying this doesn't mean that you get the job. Which is like just so sleazy and yeah. so kind of like, I don't know. He, he's obviously a man with very few scruples, but at the same time, it feels off to me compared to everything else that we learn about his character. Yes, he's business minded. Yes, he's like business first, but it feels like it's him like making a joke or like trying to be a bit more human, potentially. I don't know. I thought maybe I'm misreading. I thought he was just being a dick. Yeah, I felt like all of a sudden he became socially awkward. Yeah, which again does not compute with the rest of him because he's supposed to be this salesman, this like sly. I'm going to manipulate you into mm-hmm. buying whatever I'm selling. Exactly. And then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, I don't know how to talk to women." Exactly. Well, well, I think I think he became vulnerable, and then he tried to like back out of that vulnerability by making that joke. Mm-hmm. Like that was his way of like gaining control over his vulnerability is by like going back to being kind of a jerk. Yeah, and that that didn't work it backfired well. in a big way. Well. Yeah, yeah, but I 100% agree with you. I think that you know he's afraid of his own vulnerability. We don't know a ton about this guy. Not yet. He's obviously got some demons. He's definitely running from something. We have this whole gap year where he just completely disappeared, and we don't know what he was up to. Um, so I think that yeah, there's this moment where he's trying to reclaim the shell, and it's these moments where the facade drops. Like later on, when Cardiff is laying into him, you see the facade drop again, mm-hmm. um, and we realize maybe he doesn't know everything. Maybe he is putting it on more than he actually believes it to be true. Maybe he's more of a salesman, kind of like how she calls him out earlier. It's like when he doesn't know that term. Yeah, she's saying, and then she tells him later on, you know, stop selling me. I think maybe that's most of his personality is that he's he's sort of selling everyone. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets caught in the room when they're 16th banging or whatever's going on. Sure. There, <laughs> um, you know, he has a moment where, like, he realizes that he um, like he, he's, he can't sell this situation because he is uh, having some vulnerability there. Because mm-hmm. he's exposed. Right. He's exposed. From the waist down. Well, yep. yeah, literally exposed. And and maybe he doesn't really other out, outside of business. Maybe he doesn't really know how to connect with people. And that's going to be one of the character things you're going to see throughout the show. Hopefully. I agree. I can't wait. Yeah, and it, it led to one of my favorite lines of the episode. I'm sorry, we're not in love? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really good. Right? And she storms out, and he considers what he's just done, and we get this awesome opening title sequence. Everything about the design of this show, to me, is just wonderful. The whole the whole episode, I think every single shot is shot with a long lens. Everything, all the images are very compressed. Everything feels very tight. Very tight close-ups. It's very claustrophobic. 
claustrophobic. It's very uncomfortable. um, And it's a very deliberate decision. And it provides this incredibly unique look. You know, the same way that I feel like True Detective had these wonderful open wides of, you know, kind of like beauty and desolation. This one is very much about the tightness, the details, the looks in people's faces as, you know, we have this kind of like harsh lighting, a lot of darkness. It's just so cool. We got that from uh, that's I wrote down the name, but uh, Nelson Craig, who's mm-hmm. the DP or director of photography there. Yeah, uh, worked on Homeland, Breaking Bad, a couple episodes in uh, Terra Nova as well. Sweet. I also Ooh. like how they have the, the sort of juxtaposition with like in the office, you have that sort of crisp blue and gray, mm-hmm. and then when you're at home, it's like these, these browns and, and this harsh green, yeah, yeah. the fluorescent. Mm-hmm. Hardly, I don't think there are any establishing shots at all. No, except for except for that Porsche. Yeah. yeah, hitting the yeah. armadillo. Pretty much. That's it. Yeah. Um, so then we meet uh, Gordon Clark, who is this, you know, once promising genius uh, software and hardware developer. He uh, had years earlier developed a computer of his very own with his wife, who's also a programmer at Texas Instruments, uh, working on toys and calculators, calculators. and such. Speak and yeah, spell. well, I mean, the speak and spell. Yeah. Yeah. That was also Texas Instruments? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he says later in the episode, my wife makes $15,000 at TI, Texas Instruments. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, he is the definition of just like a hollow man. Like everything positive about him has been scooped out. And we come upon him in the drunk tank after he's just gone <laughs> off on this, uh, you know, apparently horrific bender, you know, four hours before he's supposed to be at work. So I'm assuming maybe his wife is picking up, picking him up at what, four in the morning, three in the morning. Yeah. Very early. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously this marriage, they have been moving in opposite directions for a long time. You know, Donna has become the entire core of this family. I think that this failure of his one dream is one shot at true success and fulfillment, the fact that that's gone, he now refuses to pick up any responsibility in any aspect of his life. He's just stuck. Except, he, of course, for the responsibility of rocking that boss beard that he's got going on. There. Oh, my God. Yeah. Also, when he was asked, he brought her the salt. Yeah. When he was asked, <laughs> Well, he she asked it. him <laughs> repeatedly in an aggressive way, could you please just for once reach up seven inches above you. and br- From your head. Yeah, from your head and give me the salt. Just give me the salt. Oh, you gave me the salt. Thank my, you. My sarcasm meter told me that perhaps it was not about salt. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> no, though. no, would, that was definitely about salt. I would salt, ask I a woman, though, was this truly about salt? If you have to ask, then you clearly don't know what you've done. This is the answer I've gotten <laughs> yeah. before when asking these kinds of questions. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing is, like, on the surface, his life seems pretty nice. He has a stable job yeah. at a computer company. He has two kids, a wife, like mm-hmm. a nice family. And yet he still needs something more. Right. That was the moment we met him. I wanted to smack him. Yeah. Because he has everything. The only thing he's missing is inside him. Yeah. And not to get all deep on it, but like... Let's get no, deep. No, get deep. Like, yeah. Get deep. Yeah, go you, for it. It's inside of you, sir. Yeah. You have this dream and this drive and the know-how. Just do it. Open your eyes. Make a decision. 
move mountains. <laughs> wow. wow. Inspiring words. Yeah. Is, is Joe McMillan in this room right yeah. now? I feel very You don't have to sell us, yo. We yeah. get it. We're, we're, we're here. We're living yeah. our dream. I'm a Joe McMillan. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, he's talking in the car, and he, we kind of get his backstory in this moment as he's just obsessing um, with, you know, 79 was a good year, and then 1980, the year of the symphonic it wouldn't turn on at this live demo and all of this effort, all of this time, all of this money went down the drain and uh, Donna's father had helped fund this computer and he wasn't willing to spend any more money and now he's just kind of stuck in this job that is eating away at him and his kids are very nice kids mm-hmm. seemingly. Kids. Yeah. They're great kids. Joni and uh, Haley I think. Yeah. Okay. Except for except for throwing blocks at a speaking spell. Other yeah, that, that is clearly not how to turn it on. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not how these children are falling. No, it's I a know. power button on the side. There's an on and button. Haley was the one who was touching the power button, so she obviously broke oh, it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> and like you know, you look at that first scene in the house. And you you ha- immediately have a picture of their entire marriage. He's just standing there by by the uh, by the hi-fi, drinking a Dr Pepper, which she judges him. He's like, it's soda, you know. So I, I, obviously, I think he's had a big drinking problem since the symphonic went under. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just standing there, haunted, while she takes care of everything. She's got to fix the speaking spell. She's got to make dinner. She's got to take care of the kids. She's got to listen to what's going on with their day. You know, she she runs the faucet and tries to have a private moment where I thought she was about to break down in tears mm-hmm. before this speak and spell incident and um, Gordon is just no help whatsoever you know and uh, Isaac you're married is marriage by definition a partnership I would say yes yeah okay. legally I would say yes that is an <laughs> accurate statement yes yes uh, so he's he's not being a proper partner um, you know later on you see it again in that scene where he's just sitting there haunted over over files while this phone rings and rings uh while Donna is explaining how the speak and spell works to her daughter yeah, but she's extremely strong yeah. like there aren't any moments where like she breaks down or anything like that like she fights him all the way through. Yeah, mm-hmm. Carrie Bechet is, does an amazing job. Uh, really, ever, across the board, yeah. everyone does yeah. an amazing job with their parts. And Scoot McNary, who I just love for his name, first Scoot. of all. Yeah. Scoot. Scoot! Scoot! My boy Scoot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he, he does an awesome job in in uh, in this show. You know, and the phone just rings and rings, and it's McMillan, and he's just shutting it down. He's just not being helpful. I wanted mm-hmm. to hit him mm-hmm. so hard. Yeah. I don't know how his wife didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when those two have history, they were both in Argo together as husband and wife, so now they're oh. playing husband mm-hmm. and wife again. She also believes in him, which is also an interesting part of her character. She's frustrated. Yeah, I like that a She's lot. frustrated by his genius, but she also believes in it, like, 100%. So she's got, like, these two conflicting things going on where, like, she needs a husband and a father, but she also knows, like, that's what she also, like, she knows that she's also competing with his genius and his passion Mm -hmm. and with his you know unresolved feelings about you know feeling that he's a genius and not getting that appreciation yeah you know it's not enough that he gets validation from her he needs it you know from the public and he needs it from himself well he's all he's disappointed in himself yeah you know what happened it's true. Let's not bring it up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, remember the demo when we tried to turn it on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It didn't turn it on. Didn't it didn't turn, turn on. on. Yeah. So meanwhile, Joe has uh, entered Cardiff Electric, and he, without a resume, enters this company with a wink and a smile and a pay stub. 
uh, as he, you know, he talks to uh, John Bosworth, played by the wonderful Toby Huss. Love him. Um, who does good. such an awesome job. And am I the only one? I, I brought this up to you, mm-hmm. Matt, but anyone else remember him from Seinfeld? I do not. Vaguely. I okay, vaguely he was remember. the whiz. I'm not going to get into it, too right. much, but Elaine dates a guy. He's a perfectly awesome, wonderful guy, and then she sees these late-night infomercials, and he's got, like, this crown on, and he's, like, selling, like, I don't know, like, betting or something with a cane or jumping around going, like, I'm the Wiz, and nobody beats me, and... I'm oh, from person. Nobody Beats the Wiz. Yeah, Nobody Beats yeah. the Wiz. There right. you go. Okay. Oh, okay. I had to hit the keyword. Now you got it. Yeah. No, yeah. Nobody, beats- nobody Beats the Wiz. So yeah. I thought no one's going to beat uh, John Bosworth here. It's true. <laughs> um, even though, you know, McMillan is sure to try. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, he lets him on board at the promise of a 200% quota filling from sales. And, uh, you know, this he didn't pick Cardiff out of nowhere. This has always been targeted. He was inspired by this article that Gordon had written years earlier in an issue of Byte about the the future of uh, of open technology and the open platform, and uh, he immediately sets about belittling uh, belittling Gordon to get him out of this numbness. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's a verbal par- smack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, steals his parking space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, immediately, and, and then gives him the look of like right. And then, mm-hmm. and then doesn't walks. call him by his name, just calls him by A16. A16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, just to make him angry, to mm-hmm. get him, you know, to feel something, to be upset with what's going on, with the fact that he's just a drone when he should be sitting on a pile of money and changing the world. Yeah. Uh, that man inspired Gor- or, uh, Joe. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jordan. I was saying Gordon, Joe. Joe. I'm sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, he inspired him. And of course, that's when he drops the big quote on him. The uh, computers aren't the thing. They're the thing that gets us to the thing. Right. Now, I mean, that obviously is a very wide open statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you look at today, just about everything has a computer system in it. Mm-hmm. It's It's not about even the internet, it's about a society where computers are so deeply integrated that we don't even think about them as computers. It's our portals to all the things that we know and want and love and need. Yeah. Yeah. Deeply, deeply important. Um, I love this scene where they go on a sales call um, and Joe is uh, is pitching uh, this client. And as Jesse even said while we were watching, he's like, what is this like dark side of Don Draper, like nerdy (laughs) Don Draper? It's like it's a beautiful speech and very intense and very layered. And none of it really has anything to do with the guys at the table. No, Mm -hmm. it's all about getting under Gordon's skin and inspiring him and making him curious about who this guy is. Um, And I think it's it's deeply, deeply effective. And then just as these guys are about to relent, Gordon tries to step in and, and, and help. You know, we we give free installation and it's all over. And you can see the disappointment and the rage in McMillan's eyes uh, as he knows that this sale is not going to happen, that they're not going to think about it, and they're never coming back. You don't interrupt when I'm closing. Yeah. You well, I, shut up! I think yeah. it was also that uh, Gordon missed the point. Mm-hmm. I think that was a lot of why he was angry is because hmm. what he was talking about was about, like, the landscape of the business at that time and about how it shouldn't be that way. And Gordon was still just talking about what they were physically trying to sell mm-hmm. instead of what 
the idea of what they were selling. Right. He was still trying to sell computers or yeah. sell sell uh, computer software. Instead of selling the idea of freedom from IBM and Mac, which, right. is, which is what McMillan was talking about. And that's one I think one of the coolest things about the, the premise of this show is, you know, many people may not even realize how stagnant the computer market was at this time. You know, there was, there was a moment where everyone thought the computer wars had essentially ended and IBM was going to be the guy forever you know yeah. the way that bell telephone was the guy forever until mm-hmm. you know finally the marketplace was opened up um and it's it's a really amazing opportunity to be able to shake up that industry because it's about to see an explosion of activity um you know from apple from microsoft from everyone all over the place commodore Yes, the Commodore 64. You just handed me your Commodore before we walked into the room, right? Your your Commodore computer, the one that you have? Yeah, I'm done with it. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you for letting me use it. I needed one at home, like a paperweight or something like that. Yeah, I I tried tried, uh, programming something on it, and... uh, it didn't work. It didn't work. Was oh. it how to say your name? I just wanted it to say my name. Okay. That's all I <laughs> want. Oh, and the speaking spell will say your name. That's apparently. all I want from any piece of equipment is mm-hmm. I just want it to say my name so I know that I'm a real person. Yes. <laughs> this real moment brought to you <laughs> by Halt and Catch Fire. Um, all right. I just want to talk really quickly about iTunes, and then we're going to jump back into this discussion. Uh, folks, you know, I, I say it all the time on these After Buzz podcasts. I don't know if this, were, this is the first one you've ever listened to. The first this one is the you've, first one I've been on. Matt, it's, tell it's me about true. it. It's true. Well, the fact is, you know, the the one way that we are able to get sponsors, track our ratings, and help us get special guests is when fans go to iTunes and rate and review the shows that they watch. It's a, a quick and easy way for you to support the network. It doesn't take more than a second, and it doesn't cost you a dime. And it makes us feel really good to know that, you know, you're not only listening to the show, watching the show, and you really, really enjoy it, but that, you know, we're getting it right. Uh, or, you know, tell us maybe what you think we could do a little bit better. We need some honest criticism. It's it's an important part of any bit of new media. So go to iTunes, rate and review the show. If you don't have access to iTunes, what you can do, go on YouTube, leave us a nice comment. We'll try to get back to you. We do the best that we can. Tweet at us on the Twitter. Uh, and if you don't have any of those options because you're living under some kind of, you know, special rock, you can email the network. <laughs> call the Commodore. Yes, you could call the Commodore or you can email the network at info at afterbuzztv.com and we will get those messages from you. Thank you so much for your support. Well done, Matt. Thank you. That's, that's what's called a live read. Inspired. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm a, I'm a mini McMillan. Mini <laughs> I'm just missing the tie. I effing love these, like, these 80s shirts with the tiny collars and the tiny knots in the tie. I hate it. I like a big 70s collar. You like a big 70s collar? I'm a big 70s collar guy. Gordon's got the big collars. He does. He's got a big collar. Because he hasn't bought new clothes in four years. I think I've seen every shirt that Gordon has. I think I've seen a picture of my dad wearing that shirt. That's funny. (laughs) I swear I thought, well, not not specifically my dad, but Carrie Beach, like, all the the stuff Mm -hmm. that she's wearing. It's so mom, like, all those 80s patterns Mm -hmm. and also, also big collars yeah, yeah absolutely um what do you think about collars um i don't like collars okay okay unless they're white collars <laughs> wow what, you don't like blue collars sorry that was a, a white collar the show joke i apologize it's a network it's uh it's on uh, your cable I, package i nearly <laughs> left the room i nearly yeah. left <laughs> yeah um in any case <laughs> uh so you know Joe comes, uh, Joe's trying to get Gordon's attention. He brings him this copy of Byte, and, and Gordon 
isn't biting. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. We have this scene at home as uh, as Donna is explaining the speak and spell and how it works uh, and its special chip that mommy makes uh, to her daughter as they're getting ready to go see Return of the Jedi. Yeah. 1983. <laughs> yeah. Wow. In Dolby Stereo. Big deal. <laughs> it was a big it deal. Was a, yeah. Was yeah. Um, so, you know, they, uh, they go out and see the movie, uh, Gordon ignores Joe's call, and, uh, because Donna tells him, oh, we're going to the movies, Joe stalks them, goes to the movie theater to pitch Gordon on, uh, reverse engineering an IBM PC with him, and Gordon is, first of all, taken seriously aback, because that's kind of crazy, you're a stalker, and you're way too driven, dude, back off. Yeah, and your leather jacket. Take a, take a back seat. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you've... He looked great. You know, he looked great in the yeah. leather jacket. I yeah. just want that noted. He looked like okay. he meant business. Like yeah. Anybody. I want the shirt, though. I like the shirt. Uh, it was a nice shirt. I, th- okay I think he even calls him out like, and asks him, do you have any family or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he's like, well, that's what I thought. I'm not going to do this. Have yeah. a good night. Which I think was just foreshadowing that we're going to find out something really big. Well, yeah. Oh, well, we do see... Well, we do see, right, that um, we do see, you know, after they part, uh, they both have kind of a rough night as they're wrestling with this. You know, Joe with his disappointment, Gordon with the possibility and the fact that he's tempted to uh, jump back into this thing. And, uh, you know, Joe, we see swing for the fences, son. He's got this baseball bat attached to this plaque that his father gave him. And obviously... You know, I think this kind of reveals, A, he's probably got some daddy issues, but also just the idea of his potential and the fact that he may not be living up to his potential and that he's trying to be the best man that he could possibly be or the most successful. Um, and the fact that he feels in this moment he may have failed, it may all be for nothing, is too much for him to take. So he starts hitting baseballs around his apartment, his brand new apartment, mind you. He probably just put a down payment on, and now he's got holes everywhere. He's got a cracked window, you know, frustration is, is doesn't wear well on him. This was the only scene I didn't know exactly. I mean, other than him being frustrated about not getting Gordon at this point, I mm-hmm. wasn't quite sure of the symbolism of this with the an awesome song from, you know, it sounded like it was from the 80s. I don't know which song it was, but uh, that was the only part I was actually kind of confused about exactly what what it was supposed to be symbolizing him just smashing up his apartment. I think it just is revealing his inner anger. Like, we know that he's a great salesman, but understanding how much this matters to him and that he's got some serious inner drama that he's kind of running from. Yeah, it it seems like he put all of his eggs in the Gordon basket, and at that moment he wasn't sure if Gordon was going to bite, and if he didn't, I don't think he really had a backup plan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. His life might be over at the very least. He would be as unfulfilled as Gordon. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to skip over as well. Uh, when Gordon gets back in the car, Donna asks him, you know, so that was Joe McMillan. You have to admit, this is a little weird and messed up, right? And, <laughs> well. and Gordon's just not even looking at her. He's like, he's just looking away. And he finally admits, you know, he, he wanted me to work on this idea with him. And, uh, and then you get a bit of the history there. Like, we yeah. can't go mm-hmm. back there. We can't do that again. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, the kids ask, what's the symphonic? And, you know, we have this moment where Donna says, oh, it's the silly little computer that Mommy and Daddy made. And Gordon turns around and says, it's the best thing I ever did. Yeah. Um, and we can see in that moment, I think as much as he doesn't want to admit it, 
that's when he makes the decision. Mm-hmm. Is uh, it, before he even works on the speak and spell of just like th- I, I have never felt so fulfilled as when I made this thing. I was made to make things. Which is a bit of a harsh thing to tell your children. And your wife. And your wife. This is the best thing I've ever did. Right. Not the two of you in the back seat. It's yeah. cruel. It, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't intend it that way. I don't think so. But, you know. But it's could, true. Right. Oh. Yeah. Well, it, Joni and Haley are darlings. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think, I think it's true at this moment for him mm-hmm. that, like, where he is in his life, uh, what's important is not his family. Yeah. Yeah. It's when I was somebody. Yeah. So he gets up in the middle of the night. He drinks another Dr. Pepper. And uh, he takes a look at the speak and spell. And he decides to reprogram it. And he gets that little jolt of life in making something and making something positive. Um, and he lies to his wife. They go, uh, the wife and kids go away to uh, her brother's for the three-day weekend. He fakes a fever. He buys an IBM PC that he can't afford. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's like, let's turn this thing inside out. And we're all like, awesome. Yeah. Let's do it. Yep. Um, and what follows is this you know, awesome sequence. Yeah. But I didn't understand any of what was going on. Sure. I understood every bit of it. I'm a oh, well, then computer you, you whiz can explain, as well. Oh, you can explain to the all, layman. First of all, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I was excited. Best as yeah. I understand. I'm so excited. Sorry to yeah. Well, I love this kind of explanation of as they're opening up mm-hmm. the PC, you know, uh, all of these parts are available on shelves anywhere. The only thing that IBM owns and that is patented is the software on one of the chips, the right. BIOS chip. Yeah, the ROM BIOS. The ROM yeah, BIOS, uh, mm-hmm. which is the operating system of the computer mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, kind of all the programming. So they have to manually look for it by testing the voltage levels, pin voltage levels of every single chip in this computer, which is intense, takes a, it takes a while. They finally find it and remove it from, from, the, uh, from the circuit board. And now they have to go line by line through all this hexadecimal code. Uh, what is it, like 65 or 65,000 65, lines of code right. and write it all out by hand. Yeah, and this was the moment for me, like, as storytellers, it could have mm-hmm. been completely boring. But right. They found a way to still keep you engaged, yeah. even if you didn't understand all of the things like I did. You right. Know, and any, t- any time that we, you know, may have been confused, Joe asked, wait, no, why are we doing this? Um, and he, in that moment, was the voice of the viewer. The one thing that I didn't understand is... How did how did they go from the handwritten hexadecimal code to plugging the BIOS chip into uh, a monitor. into a monitor mm-hmm. and having it be not that computer? Yeah. That's the one thing you know. They transfer apparently transferred all of this hexadecimal code to a disk mm-hmm. and then used that to boot up. Uh, this computer. Well, the second computer. The, the second first one computer. fries. Yeah, right. why, why did the first one fries? Well, I didn't understand I don't that know. either. That's a good question. Because you would think that would be the monitor that came with, like, the 18-pound, like, IBM computer. It was. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, that one fried. Right. And then, you know, if the second one fried, that was their home computer. Yeah. Yeah, then they would have be really up shit now. Well, you yeah. could just plug your iPhone in and use that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, uh, well, don't think they had iPhones I, uh, at that point. Wait, how did they answer? Wait, yeah, I'll have something I, to say. I do have something to say, guys. <laughs> oh, they're iPhones. Um, okay, Cameron. I would like uh, <laughs> someone who is out there who understands computers more than we clearly do yeah. uh, to answer those questions for us via Twitter or 
iTunes or YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Someone tweeted Bill Gates and asked him this question. I'm yeah. sure he can answer it for us. Um, well, I'm sure he could. Yeah. In any case, yeah. we will uh, try to have these answers for you by next week for the next episode because uh, I'm sure all of you have the exact same question. Or there's someone out there who's, who's like, smarter than us. Oh, God, I know the answer. Yes. Or some of you can get on your iPhone right yeah. now and perhaps yeah, you just find mm-hmm. out. So then they print out these 65,000 mm-hmm. lines of code, which I imagine on an old school printer took hours. I missed that noise though yeah the because noise like, it was right oh yeah because printers don't have that noise anymore Mm-mm. and it's it's such a satisfying like and they have finally this book that contains the entire bios code and joe is just beside himself with excitement uh this is his crowning ach- achievement his moment as he's about to move the next phase of the planet to action but then the garage door opens and Ooh. donna has come home mrs clark is home yeah they lost track of time and it's she Monday. is pissed oh no yeah. she is not having it yeah rightfully so yeah. oh rightfully so because he he flat out lied and mm-hmm. he's denying that he's a liar um, he spent money that they didn't have to buy this IBM PC. They had to put uh, Joni's dental care across three credit cards. Three, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she has every right to be upset. And in this moment, we're like, is this the end of this marriage? I mean, how much more can she take? Because he, he flat out admits... This isn't enough for me. I need more. Mm-hmm. And she shuts down Joe. I don't think we've seen anybody shut down Joe before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm talking to my husband. Yeah. Oh, he oh, just, he just gets a, in his car and leaves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm gonna. I got what I wanted. Gonna, yeah. gonna go. Gonna get out. Yeah, of here. I got I, this book. I cannot wait to see more of Donna versus Joe. Yeah, that's fun. That's, mm-hmm. Those are the two competing relationships for sure. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. she's got some power. That's the, the triangle right there. The right, yeah. triangle. You know, and uh, you know. She says, uh, this is enough for me. And, you know, you have this family. You can't deny that no matter what else you want. Mm-hmm. She brings the kids inside and Gordon is left to ponder. I do like that he, she, he's honest with her in this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After lying to her for the whole week. Right. right. About his emotional needs and what, you know, right. he needs as a person. Stuff that he's been kind of keeping hidden underneath, under his skin for years. It's a great character moment. This is sort of when he finally wakes up. I mean, Joe is sort of awakened, like, the tech side of him and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But he's he's awakening to other things that he needs and he's finally going to admit it to her. Right. Well, he has to admit it to himself before he can admit it to her. Yeah, yeah. And Joe. Yeah. True brings that out. So, again, I'm really impressed with how strong she is as a character mm -hmm. where I feel like in other shows or A Different Choice she would be like in tears and like doing like the little hitting on his chest or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But in this she like just stands her ground and like Mm -hmm. tells him flat out like this is an important thing in your life. You have to acknowledge it. And uh, he does, but eventually. Yeah, you know, uh, she's a pillar and she's a professional. She's not going to take it. We got so far two great, strong female characters. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy about that. Mm -hmm. Next, we uh, we jump back to John Bosworth, who's uh, heading out of the office uh, because Mom is making pork chops tonight. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, his his assistant says, "Oh, you know, you're going to want to take this. This is IBM." Uh, and they let him know, A, that Joe McMillan left their employee by walking out the door last March and then completely disappeared mm-hmm. for a year. They didn't th- think that he was alive. They yeah, put out missing teams. missing yeah. persons mm-hmm. reports in the uh, the police. Yeah. You know? Um, and Not the band, though. Not the band. They, I don't think they'd be very helpful in finding anyone. I, I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah. I think Sting can find anyone he wants to. Okay. <laughs> I would watch a show with Sting as a t- private as detective. As a detective. Yeah. yeah. 
that that's a, called the, the, the called the sting maybe no, I don't, I don't, yeah. no his detective name would be scorpion yeah because <laughs> he will sting because he will sting you. detective scorpion okay. yeah in any case, I think of that? Uh, you know, he says that, and then he also uh, brings on his legal counsel. They know that uh, Joe and Gordon have reverse engineered this computer. How do they know? Because Joe told them. Because Joe told them, because this was his plan all along. Genius yeah. plan. Mm-hmm. So good. Well, yeah, because he had to force the company's hand into actually producing this computer. Mm-hmm. There was no way that they were going to do it. They were locked into this business plan that was working. They didn't have to be a much bigger company. They just had to continue selling the level of software that they were selling and you know that's it and they would continue to make millions of dollars and you know they would watch the larger people duke it out for complete supremacy they didn't care about the pc market mm-hmm. yeah. and now they have to because legally they it is in their best interest to enter the pc game so that ibm doesn't completely liquidate the company yeah damn that's complex yeah it was, uh, I mean, it was pretty, again, the show does a really good job of explaining, like, the intricacies of what's going on. Uh, as someone who doesn't know anything about any of this stuff, uh, I feel like I got a little bit of a hold of it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a firm enough grasp that we can keep going. Yeah, exactly. That there's no roadblock there. I think yeah. what was really great was that when uh, Joe got called in and got yelled at, mm-hmm. uh, as the polite way to say it. Um, With venom. Yeah. yeah, he just he just took it and was like, "Okay, good." And then he the next day was like, "All right, so now that you've gotten through all the options, here's what you're gonna have yeah. to do." Right, genius. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've orchestrated. Such a great way to play it. Well, even before that, you know, obviously Gordon was very hurt and confused at why mm-hmm. Joe would betray him and and put him in this position. He lured him effectively into a trap. Yep. He knew that he was going to do this all along and he didn't warn Gordon. Gordon, who actually has something to lose, yeah, his family, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think Gordon sees that and accepts that when he uh, makes this peace offering to his wife. He, she comes home, he's making dinner, he's fixed the speaking spell, he's not drinking, mm-hmm. not even soda. <laughs> not even soda. Not even soda. And, you know, he admits, I've been awful for a long time, and I, none of this matters without you. It's a bit of a peace offering. I think in some ways he was, well, he, it was a peace offering, but I think he was maybe, well, I would say certainly, buttering her up a little bit mm-hmm. for some really bad news. Yeah, right. She, she immediately knew something was wrong as, she, as soon as she walked in. Like, a woman knows. Am I am I incorrect? A woman knows. Okay. He was directing that question at me, Yell. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. Know what, I what didn't look woman, at her. Yeah. No. What is a woman? Tell me, Matt. No. <laughs> this side of the table can answer all your woman questions, married man and woman. <laughs> <laughs> Do uh, tell. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she... Like the best, like the best spouses and the best partners, they see, you know, the potential for growth and potential for positive changes in the relationship. And they're willing to, to do a little business, to give back. Like, listen, you know, you obviously need this. So if you want to partner with him, you can do it, but you're going to partner with me too. And you're going to pull your weight. And he, you know, for, for the best, you know, he says, absolutely. I'm there. I you do, go, Donna. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. wonder at some yeah. point she's going to find out what's really going on as far as work, mm-hmm. and if that's not going to sort of she's going to find out why he was kind of buttering her up, except he sort of got to get out of jail free by her giving him the "I believe in you" speech. And at some point, I feel like this might come back to bite him. 
And I think yeah. that's it's highly possible. You know, we have that little moment where she looks over this garage and all of the equipment that he was using and kind of wondering mm-hmm. what's to come. Yeah. And it can only be it can only be not necessarily bad things, but definitely more complicated things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stress on their relationship. Lots for sure. of stress. Yeah. Um so in any case, yeah, they go back into the office and now that uh the Cardiff legal team has exhausted all of their options, they take McMillan's suggestion that we actively pursue the computer game we say we were doing it all along we co-opt this project we make it ours and uh we we just move forward with it and try to sell this computer and uh you know obviously cardiff and uh, bosworth are outraged at this the fact they're gonna have to sink millions of dollars just to even enter the pc game uh let alone really take a swing at winning it you know, money that they never intended to invest um, that was was supposed to be probably their bonuses for the end of the year. Well, they they also talk about how they're putting the jeopardy – like they're jeopardizing a lot of people's jobs as well. Mm-hmm. Like it, they never just talk about like the profit. They do talk about like the employees. Absolutely. Of the- of the company as well. Yeah. And Bosworth says, you know how many lives you're messing with. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I love the moment when Cardiff, uh, you know, Joe's trying to say, you know, I, look, if I was a software salesman, I would have made you a few hundred thousand yeah. dollars. And Cardiff is like, listen, listen to me, boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, do you know, I appreciate, I admire your tenacity, but don't you dare tell me that you're doing me a favor. You know, because you have you have co-opted my entire company, something I've spent decades building for your own purposes. So don't tell me that this is for my benefit. It's all about you, you dick. Um, is that what he says? Well, he says I'm paraphrasing. He says yeah. if you screw up, then they won't know where we buried you. Yeah. And yeah. and Jesse replied, no, the desert. Probably the desert. Probably the desert. Probably <laughs> uh, behind the cactus of some kind. Yeah. yeah. I imagine a cow skull somewhere nearby. I'm just imagining, yes. you know, where, where Hank died. I was going to say, perhaps there's some large drums of money buried in the desert. Yeah, (laughs) potentially. Because we do have the same executive producer from Breaking Bad, so why not just carry it? Shared universe. Shared universe, probably. And and the uh, the same casting, Bialy Thomas. Yes. Yeah, good casting. Um, (laughs) They they cast good shows, man. Well, obviously. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, here's the one wrinkle, right? Uh, A, uh, they can't be fired. McMillan and Clark cannot be fired. But... Neither of them can lay a hand on this new machine that they have to create. And I had to rewind this a few times to kind of understand it. Uh, they can direct a programmer to create a computer under the specifications outlined in that binder. But the programmer can never see the binder. Mm-hmm. They cannot have access to any IBM equipment. And we need to find them today. Bam. I wonder who we could find. Yeah. We go back to Cameron, who is super pissed about life, I guess. I don't think that the McMillan thing really rocked her in a massive way. No, she was probably just irritated about that. I think she was irritated about that, but also just I think she's got a lot of angst to burn. Oh, of course, because she's edgy. Yeah, Yeah, she's so edgy. You see that jacket? She's a a rebel, man. She walks in late and sits in the back of class. Yeah, Uh, she wears pants. (laughs) Okay, she's got a Walkman. Yeah, she doesn't own hairspray. Uh, The album, the movie. Or actual hairspray. I'm trying to think if the John Waters hairspray actually <laughs> no, existed at that point. Not soundtrack, yet. the not soundtrack. Yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was soundtrack. In any case, um, yeah, they probably didn't exist in 1983. It was late 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah. T- time travel, maybe. 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 So, it was a time travel. <laughs> in any case, 
you know, she gets thrown out. She she gets thrown out of a, of her yeah of her favorite Man-handled bar by by a very gruff looking gentleman. Yes, uh, after she totally slugs this guy for calling her a spooky bee. Um, and because well, uh, she was she was hogging the machine. Yeah, Man, she wouldn't she, get off. She was on for a solid hour, theater. and this isn't an arcade. Okay, this is a bar. They only have one centipede yeah. machine. They only have that and a bunch of pinball. Guy doesn't want to play pinball. He wants to play centipede. Um, and she's been ripping them off with this, you yeah. know, quarter trick. This coin. Yeah. So a spooky bee, by the way, is a bee that like won't leave your car or whatever, and you're just trying <laughs> but to isn't get it stinging to leave. you. It's <laughs> just there. It's just freaking you out. Yeah. Like look at that spooky bee. Yeah, well, bee's I, so spooky. I, I, not a spooky bee was a booby. No. Nope. Uh, okay. And she made the joke. She made it. No, no. It's, it's a very yell joke to me. Yeah. 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 Um, Although she, okay, she has this coin with the, the string that she's, yeah. this is her thing, right? Yeah. Then when she gets thrown out of the bar, she throws a bunch of coins at the door, a handful of them. Yeah, well, I think she it has them. She, she has them. She just didn't want to spend them. them. Yeah. yeah. I'm just curious as to why have all the coins in your purse. You only need the one. You yeah. Know, you, she happens to have. She just happens to have also coins, to, bro. to claim an arcade machine. You have to put your quarters on the top of it. So if someone was playing it already, she would then put her quarters on it, and then say like, "I got next." She'd put twenty five on it. Yeah, <laughs> no? the no. way the guy did to her, and then she yeah, yeah, and right, and then she just brushed them off. Yeah, because uh, she was in the zone. Well, not really, because she kept dying. She kept dying. But yeah, in she... any case, she comes out of the bar. And she sees the last person she wanted to see, Joe McMillan, who's so smug and full of himself, yep. and Gordon, who realizes that this is the person that they've come there for. And he's like, oh, crap. This this girl? Her? Really? Her? She's too edgy. She's way too edgy <laughs> and, and, and vagina-having. Yeah. No. Or perhaps Gordon knows her. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. you said you think that that they know each other. I think the next scene pretty much says that she doesn't because she's like, who are you? Wait, I want to know why Maybe Maybe they're playing. Well, I think that for a few reasons. Well, just maybe one. Her name in the show is Cameron Howe. We didn't learn her last name, but I looked this up on IMDb. Mm -hmm. Cameron Howe slash Clark. Oh. I did also see that on IMDb. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So I had a different theory about that. Okay, let's hear that. What was yeah? What was that? So my theory, your theory is that they did know each other in the past. Well, if her name is possibly Cameron Clark, right? His name is Gordon Clark. They have the same name. My theory was that by the end of the season, they get married. Yeah, he would. Oh, not to predict. I'm just saying. Big bomb. Well, or 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 maybe he has to adopt her. That Why? sounds like the uh, yeah. This sounds like the plot, plot of, of many like, '80s movies. Yeah, the, and, and they both become in the, in the '80s. Yeah, and they maybe, both star Dan they, Aykroyd and or Richard. And they Pryor. become cops who solve crimes with maybe, Stan Pryor. Maybe someone <laughs> accidentally hits a rich person's car, and then they have to become that person's butler. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I feel um, like I've seen this moving show. On. Yeah. Moving on uh, to this next scene, we're gonna we're gonna come back to that in, oh, in yeah, our news and gossip this. segment. Right. Um, so uh, you know, she basically is like, "Wow, she's she's basically like, look, I know that you need me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, how much would you pay me? You know, like this is a big decision for me. Understand that. You know, how much would you pay me? Twenty grand? Double it. 
And Joe's like, done. Well, so, she has to leave school. Yeah. she's. Yeah. This is a singular decision that will affect the course of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And if it fails, there's no getting that time She'll back. be making 325 yeah. an hour programming. And what did you say? What? VCRs. VCRs, yeah. 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 A what? Which, was, which is, I'm not sure what that machine is. Maybe you can explain <laughs> it's the, this. It's the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, in any case. Had she said beta, I would have been like, oh, of course. I'd be yeah, sure. Yeah. Here, in any case, uh, she comes to the company. I love how different uh, she is compared to everyone else there. She changes outside when she, she realizes puts she puts on a sweater that's i mean that's effectively changing well she wasn't wearing a bra it was her way of hiding that okay it's it's not oh, it's, Matt, paying attention to the details Whoa. i watched this episode twice i know everything also it's yeah. very noticeable okay in okay. any case i didn't notice it i love this a... scene we we have very little time i love this scene where uh, she's doing the live detector test and before she answers every time the lawyer is giving her directive yeah. of uh, what to say uh, by the end of it, she knows just deny everything. Yeah, it takes her a second yeah. to get it. She's like, yeah. oh, we no. s- Yeah, we <laughs> see this fleet of lawyers arrive from IBM. And it's just like when you think that there aren't more, even more around the corner. Uh, and it's a really impressive display. We also get this great scene that I, I, it's a shame we can't really break down with Bosworth where he basically lets them know that uh, they are his playthings. Yeah. He can't fire them, but they also can't leave. And if he has a bad shave in the morning, they are going to get the brunt of it, and there's nothing they can do about it. Um, and uh, Rule number two, I don't want any bull. What yeah. is bull? Whatever I yeah. say is bull. Exactly. Also, Bosworth had a really vulnerable moment with Joe mm-hmm. where he was like, I've been working for however many years. Yeah, like, for 23 is, years. Yeah, this is, this is my company. And like you screwed with me, and like I will I'll never, never forget, forget it. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we said it. This awesome. Twenty-two years. I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, let's let's go to yeah. predictions, and I'll talk about what I wanted to talk about from news and gossip. There. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. So, Yell, earlier this week, uh, you tweeted out a link to an interview that Lee Pace did, I, I believe, did. with Entertainment Weekly. I don't recall. Okay. Um, in any case, he refers to uh, his, re- uh, you know, Macmillan's relationship with Cameron as a romance, mm-hmm. uh, which is made perhaps a spoiler uh, that, you know, this isn't the last time that they will be entangled romantically. And he said that he, you know, Macmillan sees this uh, this vision of all the things that Cameron wants to accomplish in her life and should be able to, and it's part of the reason why he's so driven to make these advances and to make this computer is so that the Camerons of the world will be able to live out their dreams and not be learning technology that's 10 years old. Um, so potentially we may see more romance this season. What do you guys think is coming up this season? Where do we think we're going? Our bold s- predictions. Bold. Oh, who was that? Was that the voice of God? No. No. Oh. Just me. <laughs> oh, okay. It sounded like it came from over there somehow. No. Sorry, I'm so confused. That's my first time, everyone. Be gentle. Um, I certainly think that you're going to find out. Well, I don't know how soon, but I think you'll find out about the the Cameron and Gordon connection. I yeah. I think that's going to be a thing. And which, it, I don't know. If they have the same last name, I'm not sure how they get the same last name. It's not like unless he adopted her, of course, or something like yep. that. I think that you're going to find out something about that. Okay. All right. Um, I think that uh, if we're lucky, and I think AMC will treat us well, we'll get to see a lot more um, of Lee Pace, uh, period. And, um, <laughs> he is the star of the show. And I'd love to. Um, I think there's going to be a great um, power struggle between Joe and Donna mm-hmm. um, over throughout the season, and that's going to be really fun, and I cannot wait to see what happens this season. Yeah, I, I think we'll find out what happened in the year that wasn't for Joe. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, 
and we'll see kind of like what's underneath his facade, like what he's hiding. That to me is the most exciting part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us, downloading, watching, listening, streaming. You're all wonderful. Um, uh, one last point. I did have a bit of news. Uh, uh, Mackenzie Davis, who plays Cameron mm-hmm. in the show, um, had a trailer drop for a movie that she's in uh, with Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Called What If, and you can watch it on CBS Films. Wonderful. On YouTube. Awesome. All right. Um, Isaac, where can the people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Isaac Johnson, I-S-A-A-C, Johnson. You should know how to spell that. It's a very mm-hmm. common name. Uh, also, you can find me on the Instagram at the Isaac Johnson. And you have an album on iTunes, is that correct? I also have an album on iTunes called All the Things We Are. I just remembered that. Oh my gosh. All right, All right. wonderful. Uh, Yell, where can the people find you? The people can find me online at yell.tv. That's Y A E L.tv. And uh, there you'll find all sorts of fun interviews with actors and information about the styling uh, from Siren's Boudoir. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Google Plus at Yell Teagle, Y A E L T Y G I E L. All right, and Jesse? At JessKlein1 on Twitter. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman, M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find all my videos for SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd on YouTube. Thank you all. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 